Oh, thanks, Mel. Excuse my um nasally little cold thing that's happening. Um, hey, I just uh, want to just keep going from what Melissa was saying with our finances. It's great. The financial position is strong. But cash flow, if anyone has ever run a business or an organisation, you know cash flow is always the thing you've got to keep ticking over. And, um, and, and that's where th that tithes and offerings account is the cash flow account. So that's how the day-to-days get paid for. So the, the overall position is amazing for our church. The future's strong. It's the the day-to-day -day stuff where your tithes and offerings really make an impact. So um, that thanks for that showing us of all that, Mel. Um, joyful expectation. We have the Christmas. I have the privilege of starting off our Christmas series, and joyful expectation. Like we can get all like bible about it and talk about you know the different people in the Bible and what the Bible says and all of these things and we will because we're a Christian church and we're Bible believing spirit filled all of that but it is so easy to get a glimpse of a joyful expectation if you've got kids it is so easy to understand this eagerness this excitement that we are all called to and we are all invited into if you've got kids if you know a kid if you've seen a kid or if you've been a kid uh you know you look at the christmas you know like was that had to take tiffany to the doctors the other day and thank you for all of those that were praying and he was uh encouraging her just to ask santa for whatever she liked because santa didn't have to pay for any of it so there was no limit She reminded him that Santa actually did have to pay for the paint and the wood that the elves used to make the presents. So, but is that just that, that innocent hunger, that innocent excitement, that innocent delight, knowing that good things are coming? That there's that understanding that, you know what, I don't understand what's in the box, but I know it's going to be good. I know don't know what's in the box, but I know that my father loves me and gives me good things. And we're able to start to formulate this understanding and take a hold of this excitement that we're actually invited into, not just on Christmas, but I love that Christmas is a chance for us to recalibrate, to, re re to adjust our, our, our mindset to one of faith. Now, to really understand what faith is, all that faith is, is a confident expectation of good. Faith in God is a confident expectation that God will be good to you. If you say, well, I don't know how to have faith. Well, we actually do because even if you're the most anxiety-ridden, stressed-out person, faith has a mirror opposite. And it's a mirror because it works exactly the same way. It's a confident expectation. But it's a confident expectation of bad. It's the same. If you can worry... You can have faith. If you can worry, if you can have stress and anxiety, you are perfectly positioned to be a mighty man or woman of faith because all of your muscles are geared up to stay on task, to stay focused on that confident expectation. All that needs to happen is you need to change the direction from one of doubt, of, uh, of uh, foreboding, one of negativity to one of, hey, what does God say? That's all it is. Your muscles are strong. You warriors are actually prepared to be warriors. God has, 
has given you, and, and some of you, like anxiety might be the most crippling part of your life. But can I just tell you that every single massive weakness that you've got is actually probably paired up perfectly with your biggest strength. Most of us, actually your biggest weaknesses in life are actually your strengths just out of control. Some of you are so, oh, I'm so, so stubborn. No, no, it's not your stubborn. You're sort of your partner or your kid or whatever. They're so, no, 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 no. God has designed them in such a way that they are determined. They won't back down. That they have the ability to persevere. They have the ability to, to pray through, to, to, the scripture says it like this, I can run through a wall or run through a troop and go over a wall. This is those stubborn ones. No, no, they are people that God has set up to, to get through anything. The, you know, you, whatever your particular faux pas is, is God is actually, that's just a negative expression of, this, of the amazing qualities that God has for you. So you're like, you've got, and I try and teach my kids, it's like, no, this is a strength, it's the same as like, you know, because I'm quite strong, like I, you know, eat all of my Maccas and, <laughs> and uh, you know, think about the gym. And so if I was just to let my strength go unbridled, I'd break everything. I just would be able to, like, you know, just everything is, would just get broken. But what I, what I try to teach my kids is, no, this is a strength that God's given me, and we try to use it to serve. We use it to, to advance. And what, we really are, what I really feel God wants to talk to us about this morning is to make our expectations... A joyful expectation to rewire our brains. For some of you, you're already your default is some of you are painfully positive. I'm a painfully positive person. If you've got problems, you don't want to be around me. I'm horrible. I don't care. I just it is. You know, I'm actually when I go downhill, it's really bad because I'm not good at worrying. I don't do it very much, and when I do, it's just like actually had a bit of a moment this week. I'm like, I'm not cooking. Mel was, Mel was really sick. She had a migraine, poor thing, was in bed for a few days. And, um, and then, so it was my, I, you know, I'm going to hold the house down, you know, up whichever direction you're supposed to hold a house. And, and I was like, I needed to cook, and I was, I was upset. I'm like, I'm not good at being upset because I don't usually get upset. I'm like, I'm not cooking. She's like, there's food in the fridge. I don't want to cook any of that food in the fridge. So we had KFC. So everybody wins, except, you know what I mean, what I'm getting at is that some of us are wired to be positive. Some of us have actually taken a hold of the gospel and say, you know what, I'm running in that direction. Because I didn't always used to be that way. I used to be a very, very negative person. I used to call it being realistic. I, and when people would say, is a glass half full or is a glass half empty? I'd be like, there's just half a glass. I'm just realistic. And, but my view of reality was pretty negative. And I just thought the world sucked. It was a horrible place to be. And I was just accurately perceiving that. And everybody else was a lemming falling off, going off the edge of a, swimming through the, out, out to sea. And, but what I, when I took a hold of, when, when God took a hold of me and I took a hold of the word, I started to change my expectation. I started to see that what the Bible said was, and anything that disagreed with what the Bible said was wrong. And there are a lot of really smart people out there that have opinions that are different to what the Bible says. And do you know what Jesus says? You're wrong. 
you're wrong. And, and, and what we need to do as believers is we need to believe what the Word says. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. Do you know that God has got good plans for you? Do you know that? There's, and, and now I'm a, you know, there, there's a, a, an expression of the gospel, or an exp- a, uh, let's call it a chain of doctrine that is being coined the prosperity gospel or the prosperity message. And what that really has come to mean is, uh, what I've written down, is that this particular gospel says you've got blessing from God without trouble. No challenges and blessing. Life is good. No challenges. But the good news, we all if you've lived on planet Earth for more than about, no, most little babies come out crying. They've already learnt that life has got challenges. You've been, like, you already know from, like, day one that life is not just perfect. And, and then what, what the actual, what the gospel, the, the, the Bible teaches us is, yeah, there's a life of blessing for us, but it's a life of overcoming. And Jesus put it like this in, uh, in the Bible. In, in John chapter 16 and verse 33, he says this, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. And the negative Nellies, I'm glad there's no one called Nellie in our church. There is a Nellie in our church. I'm sorry, Nellie. Uh, the negative people will say, yeah, the Bible says that we're going to have trouble. We've, you know, but it's just like, you know what? The half glass, empty, uh, half empty, half full. We'll read the other half of the glass. It says this, but take heart, I have overcome the world. What it's saying is that challenges come, but you win. That is a proper understanding and a proper balance of the Bible. That is a proper, the Bible talks about evenly weighing the scriptures. That's a proper weighing the scriptures is, yeah, life, you just, you know that there are challenges in life, but you win. In God, you win. And this has to be, we have to wire ourselves the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What that means is that your life is changed like from a caterpillar to a butterfly is actually the picture the Bible uses in the language it's talking about there by the renewing of your mind. And what that means is well, when we start to believe what the Bible says, it changes us. Our lives change. And we're moving into this place where God is calling us to have this joyful expectation to be able to decide that what He says takes preeminence over what life has taught us. Now, there's a guy in the Bible called Abraham. And God took a hold of this man and he put, not a blessing, he put the blessing on him. He put the blessing on him. To understand this blessing, it's actually the power God released into the universe when, he, when, with, when creation happened. When, whenever you read the Bible, especially in the creative creation story, and then right through Genesis especially, it says, and God blessed them, and. And God blessed them, and. is actually releasing the power of the blessing. But then what God did is he put it on this man, Abraham. And then he said, you and your children, this blessing runs through your bloodline. And in Galatians chapter 3, it says this, Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, 
so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. So what this is saying is this blessing that God put into Abraham and for a period of time only went through his genetic ancestors, through his genetic uh, bloodline, another place that talks about us being children of Abraham by faith. And it says here that he, he's redeemed us in order that the blessing would come to us. The ultimate expression of the blessing is that we were equipped and prepared to be able to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But we need to also take a step back and realize that we are called to live with an awareness of this blessing, this power that runs through us to change things. There's a power that runs through you. If you're born again, and, and if you're not, you're going to get an opportunity a little bit later to make that decision to follow Christ. But with that decision, there's a power that changes things. And if we're able, but we access that power by faith. We access that power by believing what the Word says. And what I want us to look at is really to, to I want a paradigm shift in our thinking And I want us to stop and slow down and realize that God is working in your life. I did the most interesting conversation the other day with, with Tiffany, again, my seven-year-old. She's like the star of the show here. Anyway, she's like, she was just, sometimes you wonder, like, how on earth did that come out of a little child? She said, I can't remember the exact scenario, but she said, was that a coincidence or was that God? Was that a coincidence or was that God? Was that a coincidence or was that a miracle from God? And I'm like, well, and then what I started to explain to her is, firstly, is I don't believe in coincidences. I've seen too much to believe in coincidences. And then what I really felt God calling us to is to start to see the little miracles. And, and you know what? I actually write down the miracles as they happen in my life. Big ones and little ones. I've got big ones written in here about where God's instantly healed stroke victims in an emergency department, where God's done amazing things and protection. But then also the little ones. You know, like one time we went on holiday. One, I've got a bucket list, a working bucket list. You know, I write stuff down. You guys should write stuff down. You could be like me. You could be winners together. <laughs> and and uh, and I. On this bucket list was, I want to take my family on a houseboat. And we did that. And, and the kids that year had been given a blow-up dinghy, this bright orange blow-up dinghy to take. And we, the idea was we'll take it on the houseboat. We could tow it behind them. And it'd be great and wonderful and all of these things. And we took it and we packed the car. And it was all packed beautifully and it was packed. And we unpacked the car and packed it into the houseboat for a certain amount of nights, which I don't remember, traveling along the Murray River. And in our unpacking, what we realized is there is no blow-up dinghy packed. And uh, let's just say, without naming names, some of us were positive about it and some of us were negative. <laughs> Remembering that I'm the positive person in the family. <laughs> anyway. Let's just say we had some disappointed people in there. Anyway, so... We're, we're about, I don't know, one hour into our week-long trip. And then we're driving, like we're taking this boat along the river and just pretty remote sort of thing. And then we see this bright orange dinghy that had been drifted up and was fully pumped up sitting in a tree that had obviously been washed down. 
it was exactly the same dinghy that was sitting in a box in my shed. The same, I'm telling you, the same brand, the same everything, the same everything, the same everything. Like, was that a coincidence or was that a miracle? You tell me. Another time I was trying to make something and I I just couldn't find the bolts that fitted it perfectly and I looked and I've got a box of bolts and I tipped this box out and and you don't want to do that because it's such a big job getting them all back in because there's little ones in there too. So it's like, and then when I tipped my box out, looked right through it, couldn't find it anywhere. I'm like, Lord, I need to find the bolts to fix this thing. And then I just looked up and then I saw just two bolts sitting in, in my, like in my garage. I'm like, and they just fitted perfectly. And it's like, okay, was that a coincidence or was that a miracle? Like, if we're wiring ourselves to be, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Another time I had um, ordered uh, uh, um, a piece of archery equipment and I could, but I couldn't use, I couldn't, couldn't practice archery because I'd hurt my, I had had a cancer cut out of my ear and then they had a big patch on there. It was pretty wonderful. It looked like a, I don't know, bright, big, gigantic white pad on my ear and I just couldn't, you know, couldn't, I couldn't shoot my bow because I just physically couldn't get my hand in the right position. And then one day after a little while it was like, and then this star thing hadn't come. It ordered off the internet, which is, you know, s- totally reliable. I'm like, has my money just gone into the ether? Am I never going to see it again? Or is it like, yeah, we've ordered it. And then, you know, you s- read all the stories about the things that's not coming. And then they get the bad rating and you get a star, but you don't get you. And I'm thinking, okay, all of these things are in play. And I'm like, and then one day I'm like, you know what? My ear was, the padding was off. I was able to, to put my hand up to, to do the archery, like the string back. I thought, you know what, I don't care about this new thing. I'm just going to go and practice archery in my backyard. And I opened the door to go out to practice. And as I opened the door, the delivery man was there. He didn't even knock. And he had my thing. Was that a coincidence or was that a miracle? You know? You're going to write these things down because was that a coincidence or was that a miracle? When we start to stop, and if you understand maths, you really start to see how few miracles, I mean, few coincidences actually happen because, you know, you get a deck of playing cards. Do you know the chance of you shuffling them into perfect order? I don't even understand the number, but I do know it's the same number, roughly the same number as atoms in the solar s- in in the milky way galaxy the same number of atoms that's just the odds of shuffling a deck of playing cards and an atom is like you fit a million of them on the back end of a pin you you're talking about this monstrous number the chances of those things all lining up just to happen perfectly it, they're, they're mathematically impossible this is one of the things why i, I i'm so confused that Intelligent people believe in the theory of evolution because the amount of chance, it's impossible. Mathematically, it's impossible. And we've got to start to process our lives in a way that's like, you know what? Yeah, it's possible that that was a coincidence, like a one in trillion chance possibility that that all lined up like that. Or maybe there's a God who loves you, who's overseeing all of it, 
and wants to be good to you. And this brings us to this point where we're able to engage with life like a kid at Christmas. And we don't know all the things. We don't know so much of the things. But you know what? You don't have to know the things. Some of it, all you've got to know is like, what does God say about that? And then it's just like, okay. Okay. I want us to screw down. And I love what, when we were doing the communion message, Amanda was talking about, I like to know the hows. Give me the tips. Let's get practical. Nuts and bolts, because I'm with you, Amanda. Like, don't just tell me ideas, because ideas are like, without the hows, what's the point? You just wasted my time. <laughs> to a degree, even though I've just said that we don't need to know all the things. At least I know, I'd like to know as many of the things as I can. But what I really want us to do is to actually, there are a few things that you need to know. You don't need to know all of it, but you need to know some of it. So what I want to do this morning is we're going to take a hold of some of it, the, the stuff that's integral. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20 is probably the most important passage of Scripture in understanding how to walk by faith, how to walk with a joyful expectation, how to walk with that childlike faith. And it says this, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ, and so through Him the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. The Bible is full of promises for you. They are not promises that you won't have challenges. In fact, Jesus promised us earlier that in this world you will have challenges. You're going to receive that promise. No one ever goes claiming that one, do they? But there are promises. And, and what that means is God has put the energy out there. The blessing, the Word of God is pure energy. The Word of God is, has the creative power to really understand that on day one, God released His Word, His promise, said, let there be light. And there was light. It wasn't until day four He made the sun, guys. There was light just from the power of His Word. Just from the power of His Word alone, there was light. Day four, the sun came out. There was this light and darkness on the power of His Word for, for three days. So when He says yes, when He's promised by your wounds, by the wounds inflicted on the Lord Jesus, you were healed. That you don't have to worry about anything. He says your Heavenly Father knows that you need these things. That Word releases the power to do it. The promise, and, and God said, yep, hey, I promise you this, and yes. It says, then what we do in Christ is we say amen. And what does that amen mean? It means let it be. Okay. I love Mary put it the best. I think in, in the, um, when the Holy Spirit, when the angel came to speak to her and he, and he said that you're going to be with child and that child will be the Messiah. And he said all these things that she would have had no clue about. She wouldn't have understood any of it. But effectively she said amen. She said be it unto me according to your word. Amen. And that's what we've got to be able to do, church, is when we don't see the bigger picture, when we don't see the how, we need to let go of that because that's outside, it's above your pay grade. 
It's outside of your ability to understand. Do you want to talk about understanding? You know, one time Jesus had one cut lunch. From that one lunch, he fed 5,000 families. I don't understand how that happened. None of them understood how that happened, but they all ate. They were able to eat without understanding. God is calling us to open the gifts that he's got for us without understanding all the details, just to be able to say, I don't understand it, but because if you've said it, okay. So say, this is probably the most important passage in the Bible when it comes to walking by faith, and it's this. All of the promises of God are yes. All of the promises of God, He's already agreed to. Nobody's twisted His arm to promise any of these things. He wanted to promise them. He wanted to do good to you. He wanted to do good to me. He wanted them. You can't coerce God. We don't have to pull things out of Him. He's got them sitting there. What we need to do is we need to pull agreement out of us. We need to pull the amen out of us. And the good thing is, is here is you don't even have to do it in your own strength. It says that, and the yes, they are yes in Christ. So that through Him, through Him, the amen is spoken by us. What He's saying to us is He wants us to come with a joyful expectation. When, it, when He wants us to be able to approach Him, you know what? I've got some financial challenges right now and I don't see how the bills are going to get paid. I don't see how my child is going to come back to God. They are so far from how I raised them. I've made too many mistakes in my relationship. I don't see a way back. But you know, there's a promise for every circumstance. There's a promise. And what we have to do is to say, Amen. Okay. Be it unto me according to your word. With the innocence of a child, we're not worrying about how our parents are able to afford the gift. We're not worrying about how the reindeer can fly. We're just stopping and saying, cool, thank you, thank you. And I really think that this Christmas, God is going to, Melissa and I have just got such an expectation for what God's doing in our church at the moment. Every Sunday morning, we just block out some time and, and pray before we leave the house. And we're praying this morning, and I just had this, this hunger just to know Jesus more. Just a hunger, just to know. And I was like, I was really disappointed. I was like, I just wish I could have walked with Jesus in the flesh and seen how he operated and vision, seen his attitude and walked with him. But there's a place that says that it is better for me, it's better for you that I go because if I don't go, then the Holy Spirit can't come. So what that means is there's an access that is superior, there's an access available for you and me that's superior to what the disciples experienced when Jesus was walking with them on planet earth. And what we're calling it, what he's inviting us into is, is something beyond our comprehension where we're again in the position where we have to say, okay, thank you, amen. And I think that's what God is drawing our church. Everyday church is we're moving into a new season, and I really believe that this season is, is and I feel just as I'm speaking, I can feel the, the prophetic unction right now. We're moving into a, a, a season of increase. 
And I just heard the word capacity right now. I just think God is increasing our capacity to believe. He's tr- I just heard him right then just say, I'm transforming destinies. I'm changing pathways. Not from the original plan, but I'm restoring to the original plan. In worship, I just really felt that there's someone here and you're happy behind the scenes. But you know that you're not called to stay behind the scenes. And God's calling you out and He's saying, you know, He loves you either way. Whether you come or don't come, He loves you. You've been blessed to a certain degree staying where you are, but to walk, to step out from behind the scenes into the spotlight, the limelight is the word He used on it. That's the word I've heard, the limelight. You're going to walk in a level of fulfillment that you've only dreamed of. There's an ache in your heart where you've got so many questions and an unfulfilled, and then God's saying, this is your next step. He's asking you to take that step, stepping out from behind the scenes and into the limelight, what you call the limelight. He says, you're going to enter into a, a level of fulfillment that you've only dreamed of, that peace that's missing in your life. He says, that's where it is, and you won't get it without this, without this step of obedience because I built you for it. And even as I'm speaking now, you know who you are. I really feel like you know who you are. <sighs> Hallelujah. I'm just going to pray, church. Let's just bow our heads because God's just, I can feel Him working here. Lord, that there would be a shifting across this congregation, Lord, across this family, across this people, God, that you would adjust us from fear and worry to faith and joyful expectation. We'd be men and women who take a hold of your word and stand on it. Men and women who, like Abraham, when you called them to a land you didn't know, he obediently followed. We would be men and women who take the steps of faith. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, that you just would transform us, Lord God. We're here. We just want to do your will. Holy Ghost, you have full place in this church, full place in your people. While we're in this attitude of prayer, we also want to give space for, if if you never made that decision to follow Christ, today's your day. Today is your day. Whether you're in the building or online, we're going to pray. And let's invite everybody here to pray and join after me and and just repeat after me. If you're praying this for the first time or you're coming home to God, pray it with and just mean it with all your heart. And a miracle will take place. I know that. Repeat after me, church. Dear God, today I choose to follow you. Wash me clean of all my sin. Lead me. Guide me. Walk alongside me. Help me to know you. From today forward, I'm a follower of Christ. In Jesus' name. We're going to keep praying because as similar as that prayer, we're going to, God is calling us to make another commitment. This is a commitment to be believers. People who prefer what the Word says over our opinion. God, I pray for this church. 
for all who would come into agreement with this prayer, Lord, that we position ourselves to to be humble, Lord God, before you, to believe what your word says over what life has taught us. Whenever there's a contradiction between your word and our opinion, we prefer your word. We release our opinion and agree with your word. That we would know your nature. Know that you are for us. You love us. And we would agree with that. Even when we feel unworthy. Even when every experience we've had in life says we're not good enough. We would believe and agree that you say we are more than enough. Because of what you've done in our lives. Holy Spirit, as this season, as we enter this season, I just pray for not just a joyful season, God, but a shift in our lives where no matter what we are going through, we believe and know that we win. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Just going to worship, guys. I believe God wants to work. You know, like after we finish preaching and then we play the songs and sing, it's not just part of a, the routine. What we do is we do this as a chance for you to stop and reflect and let God minister to you. Let God stir in your heart and for you to, to talk to God and de- let the things that He's brought up for us to engage with Him over it. We're just going to worship church. Let God minister to you. Let God speak to you. Let the Holy Spirit do what only He can do. So stand, guys.